Kate Van Gent only started playing pickleball because her Pilates studio was shut down during the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic. But now she's actually leading the team that's helping to get pickleball to be named the official sport of the state of Washington. Kate has a lot to share in this interview about the progress being made on that front. So let's get to the intro to hear from Kate. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Kate Van Gent. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Lynn. Now, I do like to start the podcast off with hearing a little bit about somebody's pickleball journey in terms of how they first heard about the game, got involved, and how long ago that was. Yeah, well, I started out in July of 2020. There was a friend of mine, a now friend, put a call out on Nextdoor to to invite uh, a bunch of people to play pickleball. And of course, I hadn't played pickleball at all at that point, but because COVID had shut down my Pilates studio for three months and because of limited possibility of meeting indoors, I wanted to take up an outdoor activity. So I replied, yes, even though I had no idea how to play pickleball. And and fortunately for me, no one else knew how to play either. So we all just kind of taught each other. And from that, we kind of developed a ladies group, a local neighborhood ladies group and play at a private court in one of our members' backyard. Now, had you heard about the sport before you actually started playing it? Barely, maybe a word here or there, but it actually was totally new to me at the time. Now, that's a little bit surprising because I, you are in the state of Washington, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm in the city of Mill Creek in Snohomish County. And I think a lot of people started getting in, into it because of COVID. Because it's the one thing that you could do outdoors without a mask and be pretty safe. All right. The reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, too, is to talk about what's going on in the state of Washington in terms of pickleball potentially becoming the state sport. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting journey that started last June of 2021. Chuck Wright, who writes a column for the Mill Creek Beacon, was asked by his editor to do a story, and it was about pickleball. And after he did the story, he talked to his friend and neighbor at the time, Representative John Levick, and asked him why pickleball wasn't the official state sport, because, of course, as pickleball was invented on Bainbridge Island in Washington State. And Senator Levick said, well, I don't, I don't know why it isn't the state sport. Let's see what we can do. Let's start asking around and find someone who knows about something about pickleball and can represent the community. And let's see if we can get it to be the state sport. Neither, neither Chuck nor Senator Levick had played pickleball up to that point and didn't know anyone who did. And so there was a chance meeting in my driveway on July 26th. I had just come back from Riley and Lindsay Newman pickleball camp over at Shoreview that had been, they were having it just after the Seattle Metro, the Seattle Metro Classic. And 
that was, it was 15 hours, five hours a day. So my first day I showed up on Monday after the, uh, it was nine to three and I, I was exhausted my first day. I came home, was driving up my driveway and saw someone at the door coming who was leaving my door, coming down the driveway. It was Senator Levick. So I rolled down my window and said, hi, what's going on? And he said, yeah, I'm here. He was actually campaigning for Melissa Duque for a Mill Creek City Council position. And I knew who he was because I had seen his, his face on flyers and I had always voted for him. He was our sheriff for a while and he's been an, a representative for 15 years. So he's very well known in my area. And I said, I apologize. I'm so exhausted. I just got back from five hours playing pickleball. And he said, pickleball? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, we're actually looking for somebody to, to help us on our way to make pickleball the official state sport who can help us understand more about the sport so we can develop this bill correctly. And so, I, of course, I was in love with pickleball by that time and said, I absolutely will help with you. And so we, we assembled, a t- I assembled a team. I had three days to do it. And so during that time, I was also at the pickleball camp and was playing so poorly because I had been up all night trying to get my team together. And so I was probably the worst person at the camp at the time. But, and then we had actually by that Friday, I think that by that Friday, we had our, had set our first meeting to have our group discuss how we were going to approach the bill, what the legislative process would be and what would be in the bill. It's interesting as you talk about this, I honestly didn't even know states had official sports. Of of course, like growing up in California, you you know about the state flower and and whatnot. And what's kind of the benefit of pickleball becoming the state sport, hopefully, of Washington? Yeah, well, not all states have a state sport. I think there's I think there's twelve or fifteen that have a state sport. And like Alaska has dog mushing. Colorado has pack burrow racing. I think it's Maryland that has jousting. So there's some, all the good names have already been taken. But the thing with our, with it being the state sport and how, reason why it's important is because of its explosive popularity in the past, in the past five years, it's really exploded, but it's been around for 57 years. And it was the three founders, Bill Bell, Barney McCallum, and Joel Pritchard, who created the sport on Bainbridge Island were really key figures in the development of the sport. Joel Pritchard was a a congressman and worked to get it in schools and have people playing in schools. He even had the the reps in the house play games, pickleball games. He arranged pickleball games so that they could get to know each other and hopefully through that develop relationships that could help them get bills passed and get a better cooperation. And it's because it was, it's a point of pride for us that it was invented here because Washington state has a state oyster, a state waterfall, a state flower, a state song, and a state dinosaur. But none of these things is capable of generating nearly half a million dollars in economic impact from a 900 player tournament, specifically the July 2022 Pacific Northwest Regional Championships that are being held in Spokane. So there is an opportunity here to not only honor the founding member who had done so much for the state, but to honor a sport that has exploded in popular now national and even international tournaments being held that are capable of having a huge economic impact. 
this pickleball, pickleball has shaped up to become an actual industry with, with professional players and a whole um, cadre of people that support the players. And I think it's important for us to honor pickleball because I think that the athletes, the professional athletes in pickleball have gotten a lot of flack because the sport has not gotten a lot of respect. And we're going to we're going to honor that sport and we're going to give the professional athletes and the recreational players their due respect now by making pickleball the official state sport. And we also want to, we want to encourage the government and private investors to build pickleball facilities and to support the infrastructure so that we can retain professional players in Washington state and, hopefully continue to grow the sport. It's really multi-generational. It's not just, it's not old people or young people or middle-aged people playing it. It's everyone playing it. And it's very affordable. All you need is a paddle and a ball. Now, one of the things that you said that I, I really like the idea of, and I hadn't really thought about it, is doing business on the pickleball court. And so it's people, oftentimes you hear about business deals uh, or relationship develop, development through golf. But I haven't really thought about that idea in terms of kind of the next vehicle and the next wave really being people doing business on the pickleball court. I love that. Yeah. And I was thinking about that the other day too, how it's always been golf. And because golf has always been a male-driven sport, it's typically excluded females from those relationships, those forming those business relationships. And pickleball now... I met an investor down at the PPA Masters in La Quinta when I was there. From my, and he, I was wearing a pickleball shirt that said "Washington State Birthplace of Pickleball," and it got everyone that was from Washington was asking me about the shirt. And it happened. This I was approached by someone who also asked me, and I said, "We're really, we really want to get facilities in Washington State that are on par with what they have in Arizona and Florida." And he said, is that right? I represent a group of investors and we we're looking in Washington state to build something, a facility that could be capable of hosting a regional tournament. And so he gave me his contact information and we wound up, we played a couple of weeks ago over at Move Fitness. I said, Hey, join me on the court. Let's play a game. And we were able to talk, kind of talk business and on the courts. And it was, I mean, that's, I think what we're going to see going forward is more inclusiveness between, between people. And I want to just give a shout out to Dottie Berry. She is just, has been so supportive of women in the sport. I didn't get to play sports when I was in high school. I was at a high, a small high school and we didn't have soccer. There was tennis, but you know, I wasn't developed uh, into a tennis player. I'd ha- I come from a tennis background, but I didn't develop into a tennis player in, in high school. And Dottie Berry says, if women have not been in sports, sports gives them an opportunity to feel empowered for the first time in their lives. Pickleball is a direct training ground for doing other things in your life, such as business, leadership, and learning how to work in a team environment. It's amazing what it does for them. So I, I think it's, and I found as I was playing pickleball, that it gave me uh, confidence, determination, direction. I'd never known any of these feelings before, really like of great competence. And um, I just really have to thank pickleball for giving me this gift. And I, that's why I'm so driven to give it to other people, because I think that 
there's not only the health benefits and cognitive benefits, but I think there's intrinsically a benefit for development as a person to be the best version of yourself and to excel. That is absolutely true. And I I love Dottie. I I do actually a lot of different things with Dottie in in terms of promoting pickleball and uh, am definitely involved in, uh, of course, from everything that you're doing. I mean, you really must be driven to share this game because one of the things you said earlier in the podcast was that you had three days to put together a team. You were up (laughs) all night and here you are supposed to be at this clinic and getting the best knowledge from the Rileys. So what did it, what was kind of the process of doing that? And the other thing that you said too, was you had to develop the bill correctly. If, if you could yes. kind, of, kind of talk about those things that I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Well, in my pickleball journey, I had already been taking lessons from three different people and from those connections came other connections. So I knew two pickleball ambassadors, two professional players, a former three-time state champion and um, the CEO of the Snohomish County Sports Commission. And we had two presidents of pickleball associations and clubs and just I and a smattering of just local players from the community. And I brought, I just, it's just so strange. It was kismet. All of these people came together in my mind and and I connected one to the other and brought them all together on, on my team, trying to get representation from the top to the bottom. So, and I also had Riley and Lindsay Newman were also on board too, and were a part of this effort. So I assembled this team and around late July and early August, we set up, well, we set up our meeting on July 29th to talk about the legislative process and brainstorm what would be in Representative John Lovick's bill. So we talked about the legislative process, deadlines that would need to be followed, what collectively would need to be done to make pickable our state sport. And we met in Chuck's backyard, distanced and masked at, at the time because of what was going on with COVID. But we talked about all things pickleball how many people were playing, the growth of the sport, the corporation that had been formed in 1972, mainly as a merchandising rights. We talked about the direction it should take, facilities that you know would want to we'd want built. And we talked about what should be in the bill. And we didn't attach anything financial to it because that's generally when you're naming a state sport or a state oyster or a state waterfall. It's just really a, a proclamation and not you're not attaching any monies to it. I felt that when we were doing this, any monies that were going to come as a result of the sport would come afterwards and at the local level, which has happened, which is already happening. So we, we had, after our meeting, we continued to exchange ideas. And then I think our first draft of the bill came out in September the 3rd and just really just so simple, simpler than you would think. The first portion of it was written by Chuck Wright and was consisted of the history of the sport and its founding fathers, Joel Pritchard, Bill Bell, and Barney McCallum. And the second part of it was sort of an amalgam of ideas that we had come up with about how we wanted to honor Washingtonians who helped grow the sport, 
and we want to honor the legacy of the founding fathers and we want to help grow the sport and that kind of thing, a very simple honor of the legacies. And hopefully through that, we can further grow the sport. And how has the bill been received at this point? We've had an amazing reception. Actually, I, it's just been a wonderful journey. It's so funny when we first started this, um, John Lovick was a representative in the house. And then because of a vacancy through, through Hobbs, who was Senator of district 44 at that time, a representative Lovick became Senator Lovick when Hobbs vacated that seat to go join the government in, in Olympia. And John says he's never seen so much excitement over a bill. He's been 15 years in the house and he's never seen so, so much excitement over a piece of legislation. I think the, the co-sponsors on the bill increased to about, I think, nine or 10. He said, usually in a virtual environment, your sponsor, your co-sponsors on the bill will be four or five. He said he has people calling him at 2 a.m., <laughs> believe it or not. I mean, 2 a.m., people calling him saying how excited they are about this bill. And he has, he'll go out to get the mail and neighbors are waving and asking about the bill. And if, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to listen to the, the Senate vote on on Wednesday, but there were a lot of excited members in the Senate who are players, who were challenging other people to a game, which always tends to happen. And um, other people saying that their aunt is, is the champion over at their their local senior center and it just gets people excited. It really does. It's, and it, I've never seen so many smiles on people's faces over, over a bill. It's just been generally a wonderful response. And our Senate vote was overwhelmingly positive. We had 46 yes votes, one no vote. And that's kind of rare too, to have that kind of, to have that kind of positivity and had to have it passed by that much was really something that we were really happy about. But of course, now we'll go for a House vote. So we're only halfway there. And then if the House vote passes, what's next? It goes to uh, the governor's desk for a signature. Yes. And he's already indicated that he will sign it. Now, do you think there's a pretty good chance of it passing the House too? I think it's that we have an exceptional chance of it passing the house. And the reason being is a lot of these people, the legislators for Washington state, when they drive into Olympia, they drive past the Joel Pritchard building. There's a library in that building dedicated to him. He has an amazing legacy from all of his years of public service to our, the state of Washington. And I think it's a point of pride for the legislatures in Washington state to give a yes vote for one of their own, really, who did so much for the state. But also John Levick, Senator John Levick now, has served in the House for 15 years and knows a lot of these people. And I think that he'll have them all behind him and supporting him on this. And you said the vote is March 1st, is that right? Yeah, I think it's going to be, at the latest, it'll be March 1st. There's some additional items happening around mid-February. They'll be, we're going to have, I'm going to be delivering additional testimony somewhere around March 16th, 17th, or 18th. We'll be, for the second time, we we gave testimony, I think there were about nine people who gave tes- testimony in for the Senate hearing, and they'll be probably, we'll have at least 
that many for the second hearing. And I think our second hearing will be able to reach a, a larger audience of, I think there are a hundred representatives in the legislature, whereas before our he- hearing was really only five senators that we spoke in front of. And it was really great. Our, our first hearing, we had Senate, we had the former Secretary of State of Washington, Ralph Monroe, come on last. And he he had put together an oral history of Joel Pritchard and various letters from senators uh, commenting about what it was like to work with them and commenting about his legacy. And it was just great to hear Ralph Monroe about Joel Pritchard and some of the history of Pickleball's finer points. So we're looking forward to testifying again. It was actually a little nerve wracking, but it was also a lot of fun because there's I, there's just so much passion around the sport. And there's like a great deal of, of history in Washington state around the sport too. I don't know if you know this, that our top, top professional pickleball athletes, Tyson McGuffin, Riley and Lindsay Newman, and Leigh Jansen were born in Washington state. The world's first four pickleball companies were located in Washington state. That's Pickleball Inc., Ultralight Paddle Company, Pickleball Stuff, and S-Type Sports, which is now Onyx. The first pickleball tournaments were held in Washington State. The world's first pickleball governing body, the USAPA, was launched in Washington State. The world's first pickleball rule sheets and booklets were created in Washington State by Washingtonians. The world's first composite pickleball paddle was invented in Washington State by Arlen Parento. Washington State is currently home for three pickleball manufacturing companies, One Shot Pickleball, Players Pickleball, and CRTC's Pickleball Swift Net. Washington State, specifically Kent, is home to the world's largest pickleball store, pickleballcentral.com, and the world's largest pickleball tournament software and event planning website, pickleballtournaments.com. So there's just a huge history of pickleball in Washington State and a huge industry, and many people know about it. I know I didn't until we really started a deep dive into this process, and I got, I got further education on what the presence of pickleball is in Washington state and how important it is to, to the state as its birthplace. So I'm really excited about this, this bill, and I couldn't be happier to have worked with such an awesome team of individuals on it. Right. You have done so much work and I do appreciate the history and business lesson because like you, I knew about most of those companies, but I didn't know there were so many that are in or had ties to Washington. So we will definitely keep an eye on the progress of things as they continue to move through the House and hopefully on to the governor. Kate, I thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Very interesting what's going on there in Washington. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 